0: On this episode of the Average Sean Podcast, I have a random thought pop in my head when it comes to baseball, and then we dive into week five of the PLL season. Let's go. everyone, to another episode of the Average Sean podcast. Uh, Chris, we are back for another week. The uh, MLB went on their all-star break wall. Uh, the, we were in between recordings here. Uh, they are not quite back yet at the time of this recording. They will be back tomorrow. Uh, the PLL did come back from the world's break. Uh, it was an, an interesting weekend, to say the least, uh, in, in the lacrosse world. Um. I'm, I'm going to be honest, though, as much as we normally don't talk a ton of baseball, I'm gonna start with a little bit of baseball and just sit here and say, is baseball like the shining example of why all star games have started to die? And do we need to remove interleague play? I know this is not what we talked about in the pre show, but I I've been holding on to this one because I wanted to hit you in the moment. I kind of don't like the fact that we see these guys match up all the time in the regular season. I kind of want to see like, you know, this is your one chance outside of getting to the World Series to play these other guys. Like it feel a lot more fun that way.
1: Oof, that's a tough question. You know, I think that they've revamped the interleague play system over the last decade because I know when we were younger, the entire league would go on like two week stints of interleague play, I think twice a year. And so you would only see a handful of opposite, uh, you know, AL ALNL teams. And there was a nice, like little mystique around that, but of course in today's realm and it bleeds outside of just baseball, um, obviously football being a, uh, you know, a terrible example um, in the sense that they can only play so many games, but In basketball, I believe that there's the same incentive. Hockey, there is for sure where every team now plays just about every other team at least once. So for hockey, it's a you play one at least one game in their barn and they play at least one game in your barn. Um, Something as distant as the Caps and like the Coyotes. The Caps play one game out there the oats come east and play one game here and they do that because of the fan like trying to develop more of a fan base and following
0: see Um, i i get that but however however i have an argument against that with tv deals being what they are and the fact that you know like if the in the nfl you've got nfl sunday tickets so if if you were only to play like nfc opponents if you're you know like the the commies or if you're only to play uh afc opponents if you're the ravens you know, you've got red zone. You've got um, uh, Sunday ticket. You could see these teams. Uh, NHL. You've got different options. Uh, I think it's like what Center Ice or something, where you can watch, or is it just NHL ticket?
1: What? Well, it used to be Center Ice. Now it's all ESPN. Okay, so it's just well, ESPN Plus. I, I had the former former name,
0: right? Uh, there's, you know, different options on MLB TV where, like, I can literally watch every single team except for my own because of where I'm living. So. As a fan, you have the opportunity to say, you know, hey, I'm seeing a whole bunch of talk about this Shohei Otane guy uh, online. Maybe I'll actually watch him play. Uh, And it doesn't necessarily have to be against your team if you're interested in the player. Uh, And as a result, you can still kind of develop a fan base that way. So I feel like like you'd almost kind of create more storylines if you went back to more specialization of schedules or, I I guess, um, sectionalizing of schedules. So that way, you know, you can see teams um, play each other a ton, see who's the best of those, and then kind of go into your championship round with more intrigue of, like, we don't know what's going to happen here.
1: Oh, I mean, no, I agree and that. I think that makes the postseason more exciting. Um, I also – I think that this blurs back to the – never ending debate. and I'm, I'm hesitating even bringing it up of the, having the DH, the league wide DH. And there was some, uh, you know, it was kind of nice having the NL having to utilize the pitchers batting, but it became such a wash that it was like, what's the point? And they'd rather just have the DH. And I mean, baseball's made some changes that have, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I I've been to a fair amount of baseball games this year, whether it be minor, minor league level or pro and, Fans just seem more excited about it. Like the casual fan, I'm not going to lie. Like they've been able to get into it a lot more um, because of the quicker games. Now, I will say part of me misses back, especially, I mean, I think back in high school when I was going to to those games more regularly, man, we would go and, you know, you wouldn't get home until like midnight because the games would go until like 11 o'clock and it was like a whole night, man. It was like there was something to that. But as I get older, I'm like, okay, it's kind of nice knowing that I'm going to be here like two, two and a half hours. And then I'm going to be home and I can be asleep by 11, opposed to like rolling in at, at midnight after a, you know, three to two Orioles loss on a random Friday night. So uh, I think it's just the times that we're in. Um, by the way,
0: if the Orioles lose three to two tomorrow,
1: I'm coming for you. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, I mean, gonna, that's it's going to be a Friday, Friday night. It's going to be very, hey, they have been, are they home tomorrow? Do you know? Yeah. They were playing the Marlins. So there you go. They have been dog shit at home on Fridays. And I can say that because on Fridays, they wear their city
0: connect uniforms and that's just been atrocious. It's
1: been fucking awful. And I'm using the F bomb there because I was at one of those games and it was 12 to one. And I got to see Ryan McKenna pitch the ninth throwing 35 mile an hour pitches. And uh, don't get me started. So hopefully, I mean a three to two loss tomorrow with the city connects would actually be the best case scenario, Sean. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess, but I'm still gonna hope that they win. Oh no, of course. I mean, always, always, always. So,
0: so that was just that was a thought that crossed my mind because I I feel like it would bring more meaning back to the All Star Game because you kind of get to see those guys play each other and then you know it. I think like one of my least favorite phrases is "This is a rematch of the regular seasons." Uh, okay, cool. Like, I want to see that. like like, i'll be honest if if college basketball to to take it to you know what was my bread and butter since i was a kid if you hit the final four and it was anything but a intra-conference rematch because like the maryland duke final fours of the early 2000s were phenomenal and that also goes to a different conversation about conferences being what they used to be um but unless it was like an intra-conference like heavy rivalry like I wouldn't want to see a regular season rematch that you know like oh these two teams played each other at like the Maui Invitational uh, back in November. No like I want to see teams who haven't played each other because I want to see teams have to feel each other out and figure out what to do. Yes no I agree. I, I, I like it better and I think it's something that Sports change and as if sports go anything the way that like fashion appears to, with the fact that short shorts have come back, much and baggy much jeans. and baggy jeans and bell bottoms. Uh if sports goes anything like fashion does, then something like this will come back in vogue and I will be very happy for it.
1: The only thing that concerns me is that uh we have uh people in suits making these decisions, opposed to uh you know people being able to purchase uh bell bottoms and baggy jeans and uh crop tops as much, you know, wherever they want. Well, you know, I'd like to have my hopes up. So
0: I'm just gonna go ahead and act like those uh those people wearing suits will wear bell bottoms and short shorts
1: on the weekends. Well so I I I would say I think that they could pivot away from the AL versus NL, though baseball is obviously like a tradition based game. They could always have it where the the managers get to to select a team or kind of go the NBA route where the players like you select a handful of captains and then the captains get to select the players, um, which could be kind of cool. Um, a little different spin, but once again, baseball is a tradition based game and I don't see that happening.
0: Yeah. Well, let's move off baseball for now because their regular season hasn't started yet, and we're still really not into the the real like pennant race, thick of it things. Uh, let's go over to the PLL because they are back this weekend in Fairfield, Connecticut. Uh, likely going to be an absolute zoo starting Friday night. Chris finally gets what he wants uh, and gets a Friday night game. In fact, he gets two of them. Uh, this- we we start out with Water Dogs and Whip Snakes, followed up by Archers and, and Redwoods. So let's start with your
1: team. You get a Friday night game, and it's your team. Hold on, I'm pausing here for a second. I, I yes sure I love the Friday night game, but like not for nothing. Last night, Wednesday, after the day following the All Star game for MLB, and today are sports dead zones. PLL could have the entire sports world on them tonight.
0: Agreed. That that is, <laughs> yes, I'm I'm not arguing with that.
1: So like, sure, the Friday night game is great, but like, there is a massive void right now. Like what's going to be on ESPN tonight? Cornhole.
0: Yeah, look, you're not going to hear me argue with this. I I, <laughs> I agree. I was trying to give you a you know a, a point there of positivity, and you
1: you go into just shit all over it. Hey, I got some positivity. Waterdogs are three and one. Archers are also three and one, but we'll get to them a little later. We will. All right,
0: so. Speaking of Water Dogs, Whip Snakes, uh, at the time of this recording, much to my chagrin, uh, none of the PLL teams have offic- officially released their rosters for the weekends. Uh, I may or may not have spent several moments within the last 24 hours replying to tweets from different teams saying, post your lineup for the weekend. May or may not have happened, who knows? Uh, but the Water Dogs are favored against the Whip Snakes, which feels odd. To say, even though the water dogs are the reigning champs, it just feels odd to say somebody's favored over the whip snakes. Uh, so, Chris, what are you looking for in this game? Who do you expect to come out on top? And are you going to go with the homer pick?
1: Um, so I am going with the homer pick. Um, I think so. There's a few points here. Water Dogs obviously getting the the win last weekend, and you could say that it was their most complete game, but even at that, there was a bit of a scare in the third um, where Chrome was able to claw their way back. Um, And I would also just like to add, since now is probably the best time to talk about it, Farnell going again in the faceoff circle, dot, whatever you want to call it, 18-19 last weekend. Still, Carol. they still lost. Yeah, they still yeah. lost the game, <laughs> right? Um, so I I hate to, to 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 stick you with that, but um, you just water, really
0: know how to get under my skin today.
1: I guess the water dogs are changing the game. I don't know. Um, no, so, the we changed the game. Yeah, well, so a few things. I think uh in order to keep whip with the whip snakes intact, which we can kind of model our game after what the archers did last weekend, because. I know you said, wow, it's surprised to see Waterdogs favored over Whipsnakes, but like, not for nothing, the Whipsnakes have not looked good the past few games. Um, and I I really think that Waterdogs' key success is shutting down DeVordek. And he had two – I believe he had two – two pronunciations of these last names. Hey, man, is... you do the same with hockey. What is his name? Devord. He was, it's what, second or third overall pick last Tucker, year? Tucker Dordovic. Dordovic, Yeah he had two i mean you you know his name cuz he had two big two point goals versus you guys last week
0: i i know his name because
1: he played at syracuse and then transferred to georgetown so there you also you know you you're familiar but i think you know the whoop snakes have kind of been following his lead offensively and uh, you know we saw that last week against archers um Dylan Ward needs to continue doing Dylan Ward things and you were getting pretty frustrated because I believe you had the over last week and Dylan Ward just kept shutting everything down. Yep. Um so I mean so I'm taking Water Dogs. I'm very tempted to go under. And I don't know why. Last year the game finished 11 to 10, but these rosters are not the same. Um I you know, we should also point out that last week's games, set of games we're probably the most separation we've seen between winners and losers, just goal-wise. They as a whole all season, yeah. And so with that, do we see, what you know, is that the outlier? Is that the trend that we're going to start seeing ourselves fall back into? Uh, so would...
0: I, I think to that point, I think we'll start to see a, a little bit of meeting back in the middle, but I also think that we'll start to see a few teams separate themselves from the pack, both on the upper end and on the lower tier. I think that, you know, I think the top end of the league right now is still a little bit TBD, but I think that you could look at Chrome for sure. For sure Chrome. And then this is going to sound super weird to say, but I think Chrome and
1: Atlas are, are pretty comfortably the bottom two teams in the league right now so it's funny in my notes i literally have it feels like atlas atlas is i would say i know that they're technically tied for last but it, they feel like the bottom to me um mainly because i mean they they look terrible against cannons and i know you know seven point difference they still put up 12 but like you know we were watching that game last friday um and I think we both exchanged multiple texts back and forth saying, like, wow, Atlas, like, literally can't get a single shot on that.
0: Yeah, something and, about the offense just doesn't seem to be in sync. We, we can get to the Atlas in a minute, though, because we're, we're still on dog snakes.
1: Yes, yeah, so dog snakes. So I'm taking – well, so I think that we're seeing just the – I don't want to say fatigue because I don't think the season is necessarily long enough or grueling enough to, to say fatigue. But I, I, I'm taking water dogs here. I'm going to take the under. And some props I'm putting on this. We've already talked about this. You got Sowers plus uh money on an over of three and a half. And then your boy, Georgetown, Syracuse transfer man, Dvordek. 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 Dor, Dvord. Dvordek. Dvord. Yes. So here's my question for you. His over-under is set at three and a half points. I would like to think... That the over will hit, but That's I haven't.
0: Tough. That's tough because I want to go with the over as well because I, I like you know I lean that way, but if I recall, uh, and I would have to look this up to be safe, um, he only got those two two pointers last week. He is yes. a high volume shooter, so he shoots a ton, but his percentage is less than stellar. I you know. I get that he's a two point threat which makes it you know easier to want to bet the over but where I'm at I'm not sure minus 136 is enough value for me to to want to do that because if he doesn't get it I'm going to feel like an idiot because I'm going to sit there and go okay cool well I have watched him all season so far he shoots a ton but they don't always get on the cage so I I don't know I, I don't know what to do about that one. Um, I also don't know what the water dogs um, LSM situation is. That one's uh that's something that I gotta,
1: gotta figure out. I mean, I, I will just say sours with the over every week has been absolute money. Um, and he's the type of player where he might not be scoring the most, but like Honestly, the offense runs through him. He, he's such a good distributor of the ball. Um, oh, no. Dordovic got five points last
0: week. He got two two-pointers and uh, a regular goal.
1: So, I mean, that still sets it at three and a half is tough. I, I have a question mark next to it just because I haven't pulled the trigger. Um, it's not the It's not the toughest prop that I have lined up to ask you about today, but that's in a later game which you can probably already guess. Um, I actually don't know what you're going to ask me. So I'm curious when we get there. Hmm. It, might, it might be in that next game that the, the game of the week, possibly.
0: Ah, okay. <laughs> well, um, on that note for whips and dogs, I am going to take, I'm going to take the water dogs uh, because Matt Dunn, who is the absolute leader of that defense uh, is out for the weekend Earhart is still questionable. Uh, He will probably play since he missed last week, but even so, you know, he's still going to be a little bit hampered. And I think those two pieces to the defense are already going to be just enough to kind of, you know, screw with everything that's going on. The one thing that will really tip me in the water dogs favor is if Connor Kelly is confirmed back. Uh, I think that he will be because FanDuel has prop bet lines for him but there has been no announcement if he's back or not yet, which, if you can't tell, really pisses me off because I would like to know whether I should even bet it or not. Uh, but he is the best two-point threat in the league right now, seeing as he leads the league in two-pointers. Or Actually, I think since he was out last week, I think Dordovic might actually be tied with him. Either way, uh, if he's back, that adds you know an extra uh, stretch to what the defense has to do, especially with Dunn out and Earhart probably still a little bit hampered. It just makes me think that, you know, Sowers will have a field day. I'm on his prop bet with you as well. Uh, I think that one being plus money is hilarious. Uh, I think it's it, it's not free money because always bet responsibly. But you look at it and you go, I feel like the odds of this should not be what they
1: are. But And, I you know, we should also bring him up just because he had a big game last week. McCardell is an absolute monster.
0: I've, I've loved Kieran McCardell for years. Um, but the Connor Kelly thing is really going to tip me one way or the other on the over under. If he's back, I'm going to go over. If he's not back, I'm going under. And I really would like an announcement just so that way I can, you know, figure out which which way I want to go with that. Moving on my team archers who actually look really good. And I might do it, Chris, you you know what I'm going to say, don't you? Hold on. You've already done it, Sean. I know what you're going to say, but you've already done it. Set myself up to get hurt again. I'm actually going to believe in this team. Does that involve four digit bets? God, I told you in the pre-show <laughs> to let that fucking go. <sighs> now I'm going to hey. have to like, ask my parents to not listen to this episode. <laughs>
1: You won. It, so that's it, all that it doesn't matter,
0: okay? <laughs> I've already had some strenuous conversations. I don't need to continue them. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I am setting myself up to buy into this team. Uh I would love it even more if Granement were back. Uh, I would also love it if Connor Fields didn't have to do his normal Connor Fieldsing type stuff, but I guess to a certain degree, if you still have like the most efficient offense in the league. There's only so much complaining I can really do. Uh, but on the other hand, Redwoods are really good and we're getting a vintage Rob pinnell type of season. Ryder Garnsey is it's his world. We're just living in it right now. Uh, and Jack Kelly seems to be rounding in the form. Albeit last week, you know, they were playing Chaos that was tinkering around with their lineup. Some we'll get into that a little bit later. But he he seems to be rounding in the form. Redwoods might sneaky be the best team in the league. So where are you going with this?
1: Well, since you already mentioned him, the over under uh, points bet that I think is the question of the week for me is Pinnell at four and a half. (sighs) And my question for you is why in any, why why is Moore's over under Matt Moore's set at two and a half?
0: I think it's most, I I think if a ment comes back, I think they're going to run him out of the box. If he doesn't come back, then they'll still run him at attack. Fandu um,
1: does not have a Met point totals, just saying.
0: Well, so that's why the Connor Kelly thing annoys me, because it, they have point totals for it, but they haven't announced anything yet. Meanwhile, they you know don't have point totals for a Met, so you're like, okay, cool. Like There's still a possibility, but at least this like, looks reasonable that you're not posting a point total when we don't know for sure. I don't know. Sorry, and, and ran on that one. But no, I mean, so
1: the, I, that's my that's my question there. And I know you don't want to hear this, but I feel like Redwoods at plus money. I know it's against your team, but that could be interesting.
0: No, so here's the thing: the the reason why I say Redwoods might sneaky be the best team in the league is because one, I, I've watched them every week, and again, it's Ryder Garnsey's world. We're just living in it, but. Every Redwoods game that I've watched, I haven't really seen much impact out of Miles Jones or Sergio Perkovic, who are normally two huge cogs into the offense. Even Jules Hennenberg is... He's there, but he's not... He, he's not the Jules Henningberg of old where you know he was absolutely a dominant force. Maybe it's just because Pinnell and Garnsey are having such great seasons so far that those guys seem a little bit overshadowed. But... I really haven't seen much out of Do- um not Dordovic, uh Perkovic, who he and and Jones, but specifically Perkovic, uh are definitely, you know, huge um like two-point threats. So if you start adding in like, you know, more efficiency or just more impact out of those two, then I mean that's dangerous. Garrett Apple is you know a a very very scary um very scary main guy to go against on defense the defense seems like it is uh absolutely you know definitely more in shape more cohesive than it was last year uh also nakai montgomery is an absolute revelation in the league because he came into college as a scorer uh he kind of you know I'm gonna say, like, shelved his ego a little bit and became like a, a second line midy uh, in college because that's just kind of what like what Duke needed out of him. But he's phenomenal so far as a, as a two way midy. So if you're lining him up on the wings, then with the 32 second shot clock, that's a, a major help to have a guy who can legitimately go either way. It's not like you know a defensive midy like a Danny Logan who you're like, oh yeah, he can score too. It's like, oh no no no. Nikai Montgomery can score. He can also just strap you up. So I don't know. Redwoods are scary. I, I I really like them a lot. Uh so I'm still gonna take Archers because I think that I think that Dobson has been a little bit more consistent in goal than Kelly has been so far. And that's really gonna be the difference for me, especially with such a short shot clock. I am concerned, though, with how well that Pennell and Garnsey are doing, though, that the defense will be put to the test more so than they they ever have been. So it's strange what this will say, if you've watched the Redwoods historically, I'm going to take the over in this game, 23 and a half. Uh, I'm still going to take Archers, but that for me is just a homer pick because this game frightens me and I honestly have no clue what to do with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, and for what it's worth, um, this is a game that should still feature offs.
0: uh, that's that's also another good point though sisselberger is going to be going up against uh td erlin who is also phenomenal at his job because i don't think archers have played atlas yet uh which means that he he hasn't gone up against the top two guys in the league so far um so that that is definitely something to keep an eye on and see what happens there and see if he's you know going to continue to be as dominant as he has been to this point when Frankly, you're you're going up a level in class. So I I genuinely don't know what's going to happen there.
1: Now, for what also what it's worth, archers have never lost to redwoods. Really? Yep. I'm a fan of this team, and
0: I had no clue that that was a thing.
1: <sighs> hey, man! I will say the PLL app is fantastic. Nice little plug here. Some uh, some applause from the. The crowd for the uh the designers keeping that that app intact man it is the stats out the wazoo Uh, the really nice analysis some matchup stats um
0: well there i will say that the app itself is nice and maybe it's the fact that i'm on an android yay go me that the app doesn't necessarily always play so nice with me Hmm. but i've been trying to look up uh sergio Perkovic's season stats while we've been sitting here talking and i have yet to be able to find anything because uh, the pages just won't load. So I was trying to confirm that he hasn't had as much of an impact as uh, I thought he did, but you know, we'll we'll figure that out probably after we're done recording and then I'll just sit there and go, okay, cool, I could have added that to the show. <laughs> uh,
1: I say that the app's great and then I click on the overall summary and it says, um, cannot retrieve at this time. So unable to retrieve season events. So hey,
0: they've think- got to be doing some work on the back end of this or something. Because it's also a very busy day with the fact that they're announcing All-Star rosters. Uh, Speaking of, they've announced the All-Star rosters. Oh. Oh. Probably should have mentioned that earlier. (laughs) What Um, are your thoughts? Well, I I haven't really dove too much into them because I've been so focused on trying to see what this weekend's rosters are. I will get more into it next week. Uh, But they're announced. They're doing basically the old heads versus the the new kids, uh, which I I think will definitely be a fun way to shake things up. I, I think that... All-star games as a whole are kind of just like a dying breed in terms of like what makes them interesting. But I think the PLL has done a good job of like trying to switch it up every year and, you know, not really have the same sort of, you know, wash, rinse, repeat sort of thing happen. Uh, But getting back to the schedule, let's go to uh, the next game on our list, which is cannons and chrome. These are not, the cannons that we've seen the last couple of years and chrome definitely doesn't look like what they looked like last year they look like booty so i really think the only thing that's worth debating on here because i i think surprising to say this i think this is going to be cannons easy but i think that the only thing that's worth debating is is this going to go over or under because the Chrome have been so wildly inconsistent this season that it's almost hard to, you know, kind of sit there and go, I can trust your offense one way or the other. They might score a ton of points. They might not. I mean, last time they played cannons, they, they hit the over fairly easily. They were also playing Dylan Malloy for the first time in the season. Uh, he didn't play again last week. And to, I think everyone's knowledge, We don't like if he was injured, nobody knows that he wasn't on the injury report and he isn't on it this week. So he was kind of a healthy scratch. I don't know why you would do that to a guy who's as talented and decorated a player as Dylan Malloy is. But, hey, you know, I'm not Tim Sudan. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, But that being said, I'm taking cannons. I'd probably take cannons on the spread. Uh, even though we have seen PLL games be tight for the majority of the season. Uh, I think this is going to be a game where we see some uh, some separation, but give me cannons. Uh, and then I don't know what Marcus Holman's point total is. I'd probably take the over on it, even if it's like three and a half. If it's four and a half, mm, okay, maybe not, but.
1: It is four and a half. Okay, if it's
0: four and a half, I'm going to stay off that one because it could, it could definitely go either way. If it was three and a half, I'd say hammer it because I think he definitely gets four points.
1: Well, so here's an interesting uh, point total uh, for Nolting. Four and a half as well. I'd go under. I feel like that's set pretty high, right? I mean. Yeah. I,
0: he definitely has become like a quarterback of the offense, but I, I don't know if I would trust him to get five points um, just because he, he may not be asked to. That That's really what I'm going to get at with it is I, I don't think it's going to be necessary for him to do that based on what they're going to do within the confines of the
1: offense. Well, so let me ask you this. Um, So Chrome has been super inconsistent and um, obviously he had a great rookie year last year, but Nick turn has been like non-existent has one point so far.
0: Ah, this is Chris's sign um, that he doesn't always know what goes on in this league. (laughs) So where did Brendan Nick turn play his college ball?
1: tell you because the pll app is freaking fantastic minus the overall stats let's see nick turn played at i just have to find his name nick turn played at army ah yes ah
0: yes the light bulb goes off yeah no he uh last week was his first game uh this season because he's had um he's had military obligations that you know he's had to take care of so uh shout out to the troops uh, but that's why Nick turn hasn't been around. And uh, last week, if it's your first game back uh, after a whole year off and the rest of your teammates have had a few uh, games to you know get up to speed, they've also had the world games and all that. You're probably going to be a step behind everybody. So I, I feel like he'll have more of an impact this week.
1: Well, and so, you know, with that. And given the, the whole shot clock thing, this is, I think is a huge face off mismatch. Obviously you got Farrell who's like, an absolute beast in the dot going against Stephen Kelly. Who's been really lackluster for cannons.
0: I mean, he was lackluster when he was on the archers. So you're never going to get me to really promote. him. He's a boy. He was. So Stephen Kelly was good in matchups against guys like Connor Farrell, but it was always like when he was playing like the Trevor Baptiste, the Joe Nardella, the TD Earlens, like that's when he would get exposed. So I will say that in his favor.
1: Well, so it is that, do you think that's enough to impact your you taking cannons
0: no because like i said the the chrome have been so inconsistent and unpredictable that I have no reason to believe that their offense is going to look more cohesive than it did last week and it, it looked really disjointed it was it, it was rough to watch
1: it did until that third quarter everything kind of popped so
0: and then it fell right back off in the fourth so like i said just wildly unpredictable um we'll we'll move off that game because I, I think unfortunately that being the espn2 game i think that's probably the worst game of the weekend to put on espn2 but I oh, don't know. cannons could also make it fun because while chrome's offense has been wildly inconsistent cannons offense has been humming 19 um, last week man. they they are fun to watch uh but let's move to the last game of the weekend we have atlas against chaos and real quick i have a personal gripe uh against chaos specifically andy towers that i need to put out there because when i tell my kid who i'm training as a goalie who's never played goalie before watch the chaos because blaze reardon is going to play and he's the best goalie in the world and i get no notification until game time that he's not going to play at all in the game i'm going to sit there and feel like an asshole for telling my kid to go watch blaze reardon and he's sitting on the bench The reason behind it makes sense. Austin Cout needs to get in and shake off the rust, Uh, you know, in case he's ever needed. makes perfect sense. It's just one of those things where, like, I wish there had been a little bit of an update about it ahead of time because I feel like, especially for a growing game, like, people are going to recommend, if you want to learn how to do something, like, go watch this person. And if I'm telling them, you know, hey, go watch Blaze Reardon. He's going to be on ESPN. Well, it, it's kind of a letdown when he doesn't even play and it, it makes it seem like I don't know what I'm talking about. So I don't know. YouTube that,
1: exists for a reason at least.
0: It does, but I feel like it's better when you can actually like watch it, you know, live and be a part of it. So he was still watching the game, but I kind of had to kind of had to sit there and go, like, okay, well, um these two guys are still really good. I just don't know why they're not playing Blaze. Um, so that's my own personal gripe about it. Uh, the chaos offense also didn't look so great last week, but again, Andy Towers tinkering tinkering around with a few things. Uh, Jack Roulette does come back off the uh, the pup list. Atlas, this is this is an absolute must win for them. Chaos honestly never feels like a must win because they're like always tinkering and they always show up in the playoffs. But Atlas, their one win this season was their first ever, ever win against Whipstinks, which was great. But it was only by one goal, and right now they're sitting at a minus eight goal differential, which is not stellar, especially when you're tied with Chrome, who I personally think is in the basement of the league. This is absolutely a must win for them. Uh, I think this is also a game that Jeff T needs to just take command of the offense and say, give me the ball. I will either get you the ball or score one way or the other. I'm going to basically do what Mikey Sowards does for the Water Dogs. I am in control of this offense. You will do as I say. Let's go. Unfortunately, I think he's just too nice of a guy to do that. <laughs> nice I, I, to g- like, that. I genuinely think that because like he defers a lot. Um, you, you can see that like it like the way that he plays. It's almost like a hey, like I don't want to be like the ball hog. Like you guys get yours. I'll get mine in the process of it. Like he he plays almost like a very considerate style despite being wickedly talented. He needs to be the quarterback of that offense. He needs to take control of it, take a stranglehold of it, and say, you got it. I'll direct you. We're gonna do it, and I'll lead the way. That needs to happen if they're gonna have any chance of success this weekend.
1: Yeah, I know. I was looking at some of these here. Uh, anything that stands out. Uh Chris Gray set of three and a half, Eric Law three and a half, and then Teets at four and a half.
0: See, since I haven't seen T do it that much this year, I'm almost tempted to go under on him. Uh, I'm going to stay off the Chris Gray stuff because I got burned by that last week. I, I took it too late. You got it at a two and a half. I got 200. it at a three and a half, and he scored three. So I'm just going to stay off that one last week just because I'm a little, a little miffed.
1: Well, so um, here's one. Romar Dennis at one and a half.
0: <sighs> he has kind of like – so he was huge during the championship series, but – he was. He has not been great this year. Uh, one thing that I would definitely consider, even though it's at minus one seventy four, I would drop a little bit on the Josh Byrne under four and a half, uh, because he was on the uh, injury report le- this past week and he didn't seem to do particularly fantastic last weekend. So I think you know if he's going to get either Gavin Adler or Brett Maycar matched up on him. Uh, you know that that's gonna make it even tougher, especially if you're you know a little bit hobbled by an injury whatever it may be. Maybe maybe Brian Minicus over two and a half just because chaos like to do weird things and he it could it could just be the Brian Minicus weeks who kn- who knows uh, but th- this game is just all sorts of unpredictable to me I I don't know if I'm gonna put a bet on anything.
1: Also, I guess wrapping it up for the week, do we see any teams pull away? Like do we – what teams do we see falling?
0: Uh, So falling, I think if Atlas and Chrome this weekend both lose, I think they're locked into being the bottom two teams of the league. They're just fighting for the number one overall pick at that point. Uh, Whoever wins Archer's Redwoods is going to establish themselves as the class of the league. And if water dogs beat whip snakes, they're going to establish themselves as fighting for two and three with whoever the loser of archers redwoods is. Uh, main reason why I say archers redwoods would be the class of the league is just because they're one of them is going to be four and one, and they're both three and one. Water dogs, if they win, they're beating a two and two or no, sorry, a one and three whip snakes team uh, that frankly hasn't been so great so far this season. Uh, so I just I can't put them in the top spot yet. Um, But I think whoever wins Archer's Redwoods is established front runner in the league right now.
1: Four and one. We'll do that to you.
0: Absolutely. Well, we will be back next week to talk some all-star game as well as a few other things that are going on. Thank you again to everybody who uh, watched us and, and listened the whole time. We will see you guys later on.